Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We are in week three of gratitude. This is our final week. And really, the importance of gratitude, I really want us to understand that this is an essential ingredient on this journey to a fullness of life. To have that abundant life that Christ promises, we really have to have gratitude. And I'll guarantee you, each and every one of us could be a little bit more grateful and thankful. I'll tell you something that happens. Have you ever noticed as you get older, you think some of the teachings in life are really for them youngsters? Oh, you got to teach them. You know, that, that guy who's going to give them a candy bar to those kids, and what do we all say? Hey, what do you say to the nice man? Thank you. Well, I wonder what made us think that saying thank you when you're, when you're gray hair or no hair, all of a sudden that's supposed to go away? Or how about we say thank you again and again and again? Why? Because there's nothing to stop us from saying thank you. Thank you. And amen to that. Let's open up with some prayer. Father, we just want to come and, Lord, we just ask that you would fill our hearts with gratitude, Lord, for all that we would would thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you will do in the future in our lives. That, Lord, that this would be a message that would help us take our next step closer to Jesus, and we would do it together. We would lift up your holy name, and we would say thank you. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I got a couple quick questions here. Is it possible that to be a person of ingratitude, to be a person who refuses to give thanks, to be a person who is ungrateful, that that could actually point to a person who is really atheistic in heart? Did you hear that? Have you ever made that connection before? That an ungrateful heart really makes indication of an atheistic heart. Let's look at this one story where it really does speak not only about Jesus, but really about gratitude. It's in Luke chapter 17. We'll start at verse 11. And it says, As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance. These were like these boils. They would just be all over, super contagious. Matter of fact, when I was in Sri Lanka, we had a case. We had a medical crew there. We were not only doing evangelism, but we were also doing medical treatments to, to people. And one of the people that came with that, we had a tent just for skin diseases. And I'll tell you what, we had leprosy. It's still active today. It's very painful, and it could be the end of a person's life. It's very, very serious. As he entered the village, 
A village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Here it is, verse 15. One of them, now there's ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking Him for what He had done. This man was a Samaritan. It means he's a foreigner. That means he's, he's half Jew and he's half pagan or Gentile. He, he's really rejected by the Jewish faith. And he's the only one that comes back at the feet of Jesus to praise and to give thanks. Verse 16, fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking Him for what He had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Jesus is amazed when only one out of the ten returned to give thanks for God's grace. Jesus appeared to be literally taken back by this. Jesus actually wonders, literally what He's wondering, He says it out loud. Why were the others, would they not do the same as this foreigner? He said, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He's like, what's going on here? What's going on here? I think this is so big that the truth is, is this may be a picture of the body of Christ or the local church that only 10% actually get this, the essence of gratitude. Man, I don't want, I don't want to be in the 90% tile in that one. I don't want to follow the mob. You see, it was the issue of the heart that literally stopped him in his tracks for him to run back to fall at the feet of Jesus. He didn't care what other people would think. He wanted to be at his feet to say thank you. Thank you. He caught it. I wonder how many of us, we're Americans, we deserve the best. I wonder, this entitlement mentality, you know it attacks every gender and every age group. It's not a young person's disease. We all feel entitled somewhere, somehow. But what happens when you fall to your knees and you're right there at the foot of Jesus and you genuinely and authentically say thank you and you give Him praise. Thanksgiving is, is really an extension of our belief in our heart towards Jesus. 
What we, what we see here in this passage is the theology of God's grace, which is accepted through the practice of gratitude via His belief. We believe that the leopards fully believed they were healed. That's why they took off to go to the priest. See, that was an Old Testament requirement. If you were healed of leprosy, you had to get the clearance, not of the doctor, but of the high priest. So they'd have to go to the temple, go to them and say, hey, priest, check me out. Look over here, I'm clean. And he would say, la, 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 bam, sealed good, get out of here. All approved. It was like getting a doctor's permission slip to go back to work. So Jesus says, fine, go. Go show yourselves to the priest. He's following the letter of the law. But the foreigner stops. and says, I, I, I don't need that. What I really need to do before I do that is say thank you. You see, these men who were all healed, they saw their healing. They felt their healing. They believed they were healed. And they were on the go to show it to the priest. But instead of showing them, showing their belief in Jesus, for Jesus, in Jesus, they wanted to show themselves to somebody else entirely instead of saying thank you to Jesus. One leper got it. He turned back, fell on his knees. He confessed his belief. He offered his gratitude to Jesus throughout his praise and giving of thanks. This leper not only believed he was healed, he received the healing by his actions. We read that he believes in whom he was now healed by. This former leper was giving thanks to Jesus for his healing. He was also confessing, he was also affirming his own belief in Jesus by his action, by his gratitude. We tend to shy away from this word atheism. And today in the church, it's, it's kind of considered an, an old school word that fails to really resonate because the word is heavy with double meaning. See, by definition, atheism is to not believe in God. However, to not believe in something by its nature implies you actually do believe in something. You believe in not believing. It's just an old school theological riddle. Atheism of heart is to know of God and choose not to recognize Him as God. It's to accept His grace, accept His healing, His provisions, His goodness, His creation, all that He provides in life, but never acknowledge that it comes from God. You decided to make a brand new trinity. I mean, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now there's me, myself, and I. In an atheistic heart, there's no obligation to show a response for what God has freely given. To have an atheistic heart means that one does not need to show gratitude or to give God thanks because 
there's no God. Well, how do you know there's no God? I said so. Hmm. Yet God is the provider of the laws of the universe. Gravity. The ability to procreate. The four seasons. Time. Air. Nature, etc. Yet even though the atheist lives and operates within the laws of the universe, they are determined not to recognize and determined not to believe that there is a divine God. Therefore, there's no need to give gratitude to God or even to others. There's, a few, there's few passages that really expound on this atheistic heart like what Paul wrote here in the book of Romans. Start in verse 1. It says in chapter 1, verse 20, For ever since the world was created. Now, now you got to understand, Paul was, he was trained by a guy named Gamaliel. Gamaliel is considered probably one of the last individuals who was able to obtain all the known knowledge of the world was actually within his capacity to, to have. He's the last guy. All right? That's Paul's master teacher okay that's he was the protege of Gamaliel so Gamaliel taught him all these things and you can tell by his writing there is a depth to Paul and his understanding of things it's not just spiritual and theological there's also philosophy in the way he thinks and writes he's very very deep for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. You catching this? Though everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. See, in philosophy, there's this idea that if, you, if there's a person here and they have, let's say, an easel and there's this incredible blank canvas and I'm drawing, I'm going around and around and around and all of a sudden there's this magnificent artwork. You know what that shows you? It doesn't show you just what they were looking at that they painted. It also shows you that there was an artist. You see, that, that picture didn't come by itself. It came from the hand of an artist. So Paul's argument is very simple. You see nature. You see the cosmos. You see all the laws of the universe at work. And you want to tell me that there's no artist who drew, that there's no creator? That's silly. Doesn't make sense. He's not trying to get complicated. He's just trying to say, how can you see all this and say it's not there? Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him, catch this, thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds, animals, and reptiles. Wow. 
Here we read that there's no excuse for recognizing, for knowing the work and the wonders of God in the world and our life. To do so is to choose an atheistic heart and to live an atheistic life. It is to receive God's creation. It's to, to, to acknowledge that this is all created. The, do you know that if we tilted the earth just one degree, it would, it would cause us to either be too hot and burn or too cold and freeze? That's divine. You know that the moon causes tides to go up or down? That's divine. There's intelligent design behind these things. And yet the enemy of our soul, he's known as the father of lies. We have to be careful. He said in verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God and even give Him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. You know, if that was written thousands of years ago, how does that fit so relevant today? Maybe because it's God? Feeling and expressing appreciation, it is good for us. It is good for our soul. Like any wise father, God wants us to learn to be thankful for all the gifts that He's given us. It's in our best interest to be reminded that everything we have is a gift from God. You know that in, in the book of James. We begin to believe that we have achieved everything on our own if we don't know how to say thank you. Or sometimes even worse, we feel we're entitled. Right? Anybody here love a spoiled brat? Right? They're the best. How many know about the only good thing that a spoiled brat's for is a good slap face? Want to give them the fivefold ministry right there. Why? Instinctively, we know in our gut, in our soul, that being spoiled, having ingratitude, being ungrateful, being a spoiled brat is literally anti God. It's why you are so indignant at a spoiled brat. Your soul rises up, you sense it. We know we're living a life of gratitude when the fruits of the Spirit are just freely flowing through us and increasing. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Just let, let's be reminded of the fruits of the Spirit. Verse 22, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here's the fruits. Now, now listen, this is all the different kinds of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. Now, what's he saying here? Paul's saying this. If I'm a thief and I get caught, I get arrested. I'm not allowed to steal. If, I, if I'm involved in fraud and I get caught, I get arrested, I get fined, I could go to jail. You guys catch what I'm trying to say? If I murder somebody... 
I'm going to, there, there's a law against murder. There's a bunch of laws. But Paul's saying, guess what? When you look at all these things, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, you know, there's no laws. You can be as kind, I can be as kind as I want to Jack, and as kind as I want to Karen, as kind as I want to Bob. I can, I can give so much kindness and love and joy and peace, and, it, and there's no, guess what? There's no stopping. It's like a buffet. You know when they got the best ribs or they got the best tacos? No limit. I can just keep eating. What's he trying to say? There's no regulation on the fruits of the Spirit, but the fruits of the kingdom of darkness, there's always laws and regulations. If there's something in your life that you don't ever have to regulate it, you don't ever have to put a limit on it, you want that in your life. Because I'll guarantee you, it's one of these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No limitations. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them, meaning those, those kind of evil passions, we've nailed them to the cross. Where does crucifying the passions and desires of one's flesh begin? With a response of gratitude to God for His grace in my life, in your life. For His mercies. For His generosity in all of His creation. It's in this heart of gratitude where we find the strength to choose God above Marvin, above you. It, it becomes, all of a sudden, I have this distaste for things that are not of God. A desire for the fruits of the Spirit. Now, all of a sudden, I just want more and more of that. And if I'm wanting more of the kingdom of darkness than the kingdom of light, it's now time because I've backslidden if I didn't know it. And I need to come to the altar. And I need to get a do-over. Anybody remember do-overs? Yeah. Sometimes we need do-overs. And here's where we get messed up. Mighty child of God who's been serving the Lord for decades and decades. You'll have this area figured out. You'll have this area of your life figured out and this area and this area and this area. But this one over here messed up. So you think because you got all this stuff all figured out, you're okay. Why does the Lord always keep picking on the one area? Doesn't He see all the goodies over here? Come on, Lord, give me a little of that pat on the back. Why? It's like a coach. Why do you always pick on my weak stuff? Because that's the thing holding you back from really going places. That's the one thing, Marvin, that's stopping you to going all the places where you would have never thought or been able to dream of. Yes, this is great. You got these things doing well. But this one... All you need is one. It's the one that's holding you back. Maintain these. 
but give that one its focus as well. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. I want us to take a quick minute and... I'm, <laughs> it's kind of like, Pastor, it's supposed to be Thanksgiving. We're supposed to have fun and eat a lot of fat and loosen up our belts and wear our sweats so that we can really eat and watch football. I know, and I have the audacity to say, can we take a minute and I'm going to double-dog dare you to assess your own life for just a moment. So can you pretend there's nobody sitting next to you, nobody on either side, nobody behind you, nobody in front of you. It's just you and the Lord for a moment. Just you and the Lord. Do you regularly recognize and acknowledge God's grace and His mercy in your life? I mean, do you really stop and recognize that? Do you authentically practice gratitude? Or is gratitude what you express when people are watching? Does your life resemble an atheistic heart or a true believer's heart? Or is one a little bit more than the other? If you're feeling that the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now, then maybe it's time to consider what life would look like if gratitude became a true central core value in your life. Imagine if instead of spite and instead of frustration, your life was filled with patience and joy. Gratitude. If you increase your gratitude, what sin in Marvin's life and in your life, what sin would decrease because my gratitude increased? Would you love her a little bit more? Would you love him and appreciate him a little bit more? Would your time with the king and his word be a little bit more? Would your time in prayer be a little bit more deep? All because my gratitude got big. I'll guarantee you it's going to change us. It really is. Imagine your life. Imagine your relationships. Imagine your home. Your mental health. If you made gratitude the true central core virtue in your life. How about I, I remind us of a prayer actually that we sung in Matthew chapter 6 start in verse 9 this is the old King James I bet one or two people might know this why don't we all say this one together ready begin after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine and the power forever. Amen. Now, as, you, as, as for the question, why don't we find thanksgiving in the Lord's Prayer? I think it's because the whole attitude, this attitude of thanksgiving is saturated in the way that we actually pray the Lord's Prayer. It's the activity of the heart in how you say the Lord's Prayer. I, I remember there was a guy who, who was an actor and he had, uh, he had, he had done the, the 23rd Psalm. And he was reciting. It was really beautiful. And, and then somebody said, that was so great, but you ought to let Pastor so-and-so, we know he's retired, but could you let him do it with you? Or let him? And, 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 and the actor didn't know what to do, but he said, yes, please. You know, and this, this feeble old man came up and he, they gave him a microphone. And then he quoted Psalm 23. And when he was done, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And the actor says, he says, the difference between these two renditions is simple. I know about Psalms 23. He knows the one who wrote Psalms 23. And he says, Pastor, can I talk with you when this is over? When there is a heart of gratitude, it is just contagious. It, is, it draws people to you. If there's somebody in your life that it's, they seem far away, just have that heart of gratitude. You might be surprised. No guarantees. But they might all of a sudden, hey, hey, can I go get coffee with you? Hey, hey, could, could I ask you a question? And you're like, me? Yeah, you. Because a person with gratitude, they're not threatening. They're inviting. You want what they've got. Because you see the offense of life. And somehow they've mastered it. How do you handle it? The offenses in life, here's a big one. Gratitude. I'm not thankful for that horrible thing in life. I'm giving God thanks in that horrible thing. It's different. God will get me through the storm. I don't thank Him for it. I praise God He got me through it. While I was in it. He was in the boat. Why is he sleeping? Because he's God. Things don't bother God. So as we, uh, as we close, I want us to maybe take a moment to truly contemplate a little bit about something here. I'm going to ask that you would close your eyes and bow your heads. 
And, and, and right here in this moment, in the privacy of this between you and the Lord and, and Him alone, let, let's just have a moment of true gratitude. Let's just get focused and just ask God to show me, to show you what you could be thankful for in your life right now. In spite of the issues, in spite of the offenses, in spite of those things that hurt so bad, God, would You reveal to us what we could be grateful for? How we could say thank You, Lord? How we could be like the one leper and come back and give You praise? Would You just take a moment Nobody's ignoring those things that are not right. That were wrong. Wrongfully done to you. Taken from you. But you combat that when you say thank you God. In spite of those things. I give you praise. I trust in you. Just take that moment. God, show us. Show us what to be grateful for. Show us, Lord. Just give Him thanks. Give Him praise. Bless You, Lord. Bless You, Lord. Father, it's not an easy thing to slow down our thoughts, our hearts, and then just say, wow, just taking a little pause to see there's a lot to be grateful for. Thank You for the loved one even though we're fighting because I have a loved one. Lord, thank You for my life. Thank You for the skills You've given me. Thank You for how You use me and have used me and how You will use me. God, I just bless You. I bless You. I see the hand of God in my life. Lord, I pray for each and every person here that we don't just skip through the spiritual stuff to get to the turkey. But Lord, that we would truly stop privately alone, as well as a family or friends, and give you thanks, individually and corporately. We give you thanks. Bless your people. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.